Time for Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Live from the legendary Sports 56 studios at Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis. Here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. Greetings and salutations. We're live from high atop Mount Moriah here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to Cerrito Live. It's been 353 days since the trolley stopped running in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. It's been 51 days since Rendezvous Barbecue Nachos have no longer been served at AutoZone Park. It's been seven days since the Roundhouse Revival last week, and we'll get into uh, some of that sitting next to me. we got C.J. Hurt, the king of crunch, and the new guy, Drew, on the other side of the glass as well. we got an action-packed two hours of Cerrito Live today, including Hang Up and Listen coming up at noon. I'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to Brewville at Denouville. We've been talking about it for... More than a month now. Next week is uh, the Brewville at Denouville. Next week uh, at uh, the Denouville Learning Center, which is next to the Fresh Market, is a unique beer festival. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to that during Hang Up and Listen. It is a terrific value, um, those two tickets, because I don't remember how much it is, but it's a, it's a good it's uh yeah, it's thirty five dollars for an individual, sixty dollars for a couple. So what we're going to give you is sixty dollars worth of prizes today for for hang up and listen. That's coming up at noon. Brewville at Denouville is next week. Beer, food, music, and me emceeing the event right there in the Cooper Young, right between Cooper Young and Overton Square. So that'll be fun. And also on the program, Greg Akers is going to join us for his monthly segment where we cast a famous sports star or Memphian in a movie. And this month we're Casting a famous Memphian. Rest in peace, B.B. King. B.B. Uh, King, you know they're going to make a movie about B.B. King someday, right? It's going to happen. So who will play him on the big screen? We'll talk about that. We'll try to figure out who would be the best actor or actress to play B.B. King on the big screen. Actress? No, it's probably it's all actors. Uh, you know, we've got to keep it fair, though. Who knows? <laughs> but it'll be, uh, it will be an actor uh, for sure. That's what I got on my list. And uh, Kieran from the Q will join us to help do that as our guest caster. This month, we must have somebody join us to cast Kieran, uh, who does weekends at the queue. She goes on right when we go off here. She's on at 107.5 every Saturday, so you should listen to her after we're off the air. And we'll also be joined by Kevin Leip. And also, because we, I mentioned at the start, the Roundhouse Revival was last Saturday. That was a lot of fun. We were out there. We were selling shirts. We had oodles of people come by and buy shirts. Uh, to We were, of course, selling the shirts for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which we're trying to get in Memphis, Tennessee. We think the Coliseum is a perfect venue for that. And so we were out there selling shirts, CJ. Uh, it was a lot of fun, right? The Roundhouse Revival, the food trucks, and the oh, wrestling was match was, was unbelievable. I, I love seeing Bill Dundee and Jerry the King Lawler walk through the crowd of people to the wrestling ring right in the middle of the parking lot, or the, the driving road, actually, the street. And right in front of the, the what was the main entrance to the Mid South Coliseum, and, and they're walking with like the security. Yeah, next to him, you got a good picture on your Instagram. Check out Ed Conradicalness. CJ got some good pictures from the the Roundhouse Revival, and also our efforts for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame also now has an Instagram, so you can look up Pro Wrestling HOF on Instagram and check out pictures there as well. And you can check out the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Pro Wrestling HOF. You can find Wrestling HOF on Twitter. And you go to ProWrestlingHOF.com if you did not get a shirt and you want to order a shirt. But they're really cool shirts with our logo on it. Um, as we All the profits from that are going to the movement to 
try to save not no, not save the Mid South Coliseum, but try to get convince people to to bring this get this wrestling Hall of Fame built, which is we've talked about on the show for many weeks, and we won't get into details today. But it's a big effort on a couple, you know, convincing the city, convincing uh, whether it's WWE or somebody else to make it happen. And we're at the very early stages of this, but um, we do need the help, all the help we can get. And it was fun last week at the Roundhouse Revival, but check out those the, the website, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram. Connect with it if you believe the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame should be in Memphis, Tennessee, because when it does happen, it's going to be built somewhere, and it's going to be a major tourist attraction. Might as well be right here in the wrestling capital of the world, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. But that Roundhouse Revival was awesome. The pictures of Lawler with the Coliseum in the background, and just awesome. Like the wrestling ring with people playing music in the wrestling ring. Which was exciting. Just people, the, it's such a Memphis thing to do to have bands and rappers and R&B groups and even a gospel group right. singing in a wrestling ring. It was a lot of fun. And when we were out there, we noticed uh, this other idea. Because we're to date, like up until this point last week, we were the only people with an idea to really repurpose the Coliseum. I mean, there's people out there who want to turn it back into an arena. And those are the people who hate people in Mississippi, most of them. And, I, and I'm trying to stop the Mississippi hate, but that's a whole other thing, right? Like, yeah. I love everybody in the great state of Mississippi. Well, the Coliseum Crushers Arkansas. come from the Mississippi, from the state of Mississippi, and they just want to tear it down. Well, that's that's great that they came from Mississippi, but not most people in Mississippi want the Coliseum to turn to something. It's the Mid-South Coliseum, not the Memphis Coliseum. And people in Mississippi are part of the of, of this community, and they want to see it succeed. So I'm not for the big the big Memphis hate, and I love the Lander Center. I think it's it's a terrific venue. So, but uh, so we really we, till last week we were the only ones with an idea that was was unique, right? Like, okay, here's here's a new idea. This is what we could do with the Mid South Coliseum. But then last week we're at this Roundhouse revival with the wrestling going on, and everything else, and this dude set up with the Coliseum Pavilion idea, where he would basically gut the Coliseum except for the second floor concourse, and it would be an outdoor venue for all types of things. And so the guy who is involved with that, Perry Farrell, is going to join us in studio today at 1145. But you can check out his idea at Facebook.com slash Coliseum Pavilion. That's uh, Facebook.com slash Coliseum Pavilion. Um, I believe, and I think that's, yeah, that's where most everything is. I don't know. I don't think they've got any other ways. You're going to have to pull up Facebook, unfortunately. I know there's a lot of Facebook haters out there uh, to see his idea. But he will join us at uh, eleven forty-five, and I'll ask him about it because it's, it's a it's a new idea, it's a fascinating idea, and he's got drawings which are kind of or cool. They definitely are grab your attention and say, okay, well maybe this is what what should be done to the Mid South Coliseum. So we'll talk to him later on in the show. So it's a, it's an action packed edition of the program today. But every week we start the show by talking to Mister Sweet Tea, Mister Selfie, Marcus Hunter. What's up, Hunter boy? Yo yo yo, what's going on, Dorito? What's up? Are you ready to get into some trending topics? I am, man, but first, uh, I just want to say, I know you guys are talking about the uh, late, great B.B. King uh, mm-hmm. at the show, but I just wanted to send out my condolences as well. Uh, the funeral um, just started, and I'm actually watching the funeral live as I'm talking to you guys. Um, you know, just wanted to at least be able to see, you know, the beginning of the funeral for B.B. King going on there in Indianola, Mississippi. So is it, so it's, is it on local television, or? It's on, uh, right now it's on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, but it also... Um, it's streaming live on several websites. I, I, I do know that uh, 16WAPT.com, you can go there and see it streaming live there as well. It, it was the Bill Street, I have not seen that packed uh, on a weekday in ages. Uh, oh, it, it was, was the other night. I, I 
saw the pictures and I saw some of the video and just to see Bill Street and you know the folks in Memphis come out the way that they did for BB King it was just a beautiful sight to see I mean you know there were you know there were young people who you know didn't know much about BB's music but but obviously knew the impact that he's had on uh, on on the mid south uh, Mississippi Memphis and you know just the music in general I mean he is the king of the blues and there's no other like BB King so it was it was just wonderful to see the folks in Memphis uh, and Mississippi come out and support because as the body was uh, being driven down to Indianola, folks in Mississippi lined the streets all the way from Memphis to his home of Indianola, where they have the BB King uh, Museum. So it, it was just, it's just been great to just see how much BB uh, has meant to the folks here in the area. It is, and it is a it's a unique time for for Bill Street because Bill Street almost is at one hundred percent occupancy now for the first time um, as, since its rebirth. And have and, and you've got new re- new restaurants like Tin Roof opening, the Burrito Place, and Hard Rock moving to their new location, and yet all this this good positive stuff going on in Beale Street. Then you have two of the the namesakes of two of the the, the most popular and well known establishments on that street in BB Kings and and Silky both passing away over the past year. So it's been it's been been kind of a, a bittersweet year for for Beale Street because you had to say goodbye to two people who really at Bill Street wouldn't be Bill Street without BB King and Silky Sullivan and we've lost both of them in the past year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh but you know obviously, you know they uh they both live wonderful lives uh especially for the folks there in the Memphis area and you know, their names obviously are going to live on with the BB King Blues Club and also Silky O'Sullivan. So their names and, and the history of those two are forever going to be a part of Bill Street and Memphis. And who, so who would you have play BB in a movie? Give us a sneak peek. Who do you think is a good actor that would, would play BB in you a know, movie? You know, I'm, I'm talking about that. And I, I was thinking, uh, Anthony Anderson. Uh, I don't know if you know Anthony Anderson, but, uh, he's currently on the show Blackish. Um, he, he was in Hustle and Flow. So what now? He was in Hustle and Flow. Okay, exactly. Yeah, Anthony Anderson from Hustle and Flow. I think he would be really good playing BB King because you know I think that that he's a really uh, underrated actor. If if you ask me, I mean, you know, BB had a had, had a very funny side, a charming side, and I and I, and I think that Anthony could embody all of those parts of BB King. So I think that he would be a very good person to play BB in a movie. And plus, he has you know he, he's no stranger to Memphis. You know, with Hustle and Flow. Um, and, you know, he's been in Memphis a lot as well. So I think he'd be a good person to play BB. I, I like that idea. I will pass it along uh, to Akers. I think he's a good young BB. You may have to cast a couple people to play BB or or at least go makeup. Right. Like, go makeup. He's going to have to have older makeup at some point. Yeah, but I think, yeah, if I, if I was going to try to cast somebody first, Anthony Anderson would, would be my first uh, choice to cast BB King. All right, Marcus, let's get into some trending topics. You ready? I'm trending ready. topics. All right, trending topics. Our first trending topic is the NBA Finals. They are set. It will be the team that eliminated the Memphis Grizzlies, the Golden State Warriors versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't know how how long are we waiting before the finals start. It's like the finals are the outside. I mean, the Super Bowl they they set a date for that because you know eventually it happens. You have to. How many? What's two weeks between the Super Bowl and the last game? So I guess the wait's not that long. People criticizing that. Yeah, it's not that long, and I mean it's not the fault of the NBA that both uh, you know Cleveland and Golden State you know took care of their teams in you know four or five games so that's not really the NBA's fault and, and both of those teams needed to do that especially the Cleveland Cavaliers with all the injuries that they have uh, so to get some guys healthy for them is going to be great and I think it's, here's the thing when you, when you went into these playoffs you knew 
that Cleveland was coming out of the East because nobody else in the East was any good. And you knew that the West was going to be tough. But once San Antonio kind of got eliminated in the first round, we kind of had a feeling it was going to be Golden State unless Memphis was able to, you know, keep their defense, ratchet it up, and uh, stop the Golden State Warriors. We kind of knew that it was probably going to be those guys. So now you have uh, the current MVP, a four-time MVP, going at it. And I think this is the best matchup that the NBA could have asked for because you have your big market team in Golden State and your small market team in Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's not really a small market, but smaller market as far as market skills are concerned. But you have all of that going for you. You have the best player on the planet. You have the current MVP. So it is a matchup made in heaven for the NBA. And I think it's going to be an exciting NBA Finals as the rest of the playoffs have pretty much been a dull. It's do you, been pretty bad. Do you think this is the matchup that Steph Curry wanted? Do you think he wanted between the Cavs and Atlanta? Do you think he was really hoping for the Cavs matchup? You think? I didn't get to ask him that question. <laughs> Hey, listen, I asked him that question. I'm pretty sure Diddy would have said, we'd rather have Atlanta because there's no way you want LeBron James coming to your town, um, even if he even if he does have a team that's all hobbled and beat up. But he probably would have said Atlanta because they could have swept Atlanta just like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers did. Um, but, you know, Steph Curry and, and LeBron James, even though they won't guard each other, and, and uh, it's not impossible that LeBron James could guard Steph Curry. We remember what he did to Derrick Rose in the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago when Derrick Rose was going off and LeBron got on him and then pretty much shut him down. But but this series is going to be interesting because if, if he's not able to get going, then it's going to be Cleveland winning this thing easily. So they're really going to need Steph to really step up. And there's nobody that can match up with LeBron James and keep him out of the paint. So, so you know, they're going to have to match two for three points because, you know, the Splash Brothers are really going to have to have their game on if they're going to want to win this series. It's not going to be as easy as it's been for Golden State so far because they got a break when Cody Allen got hurt. It's not going to be so easy going forward. Well, I mean, everybody on, on the Cavs are hurt, too. So I think they kind of got breaks all the way across the board. you got to can't leave out Mike Conley Jr., Anthony Allen both being hurt. And i disappointed that Houston got out of that um, – one win out of that series. I was hoping that the Grizzlies would be the only team to beat Golden State the entire postseason until the until the finals, but that that did not happen. But that does bring up an interesting point, and it could have happened maybe if Dwight Howard was suspended for Game Five um, of of the series. If he was thrown out of that Game Four like he should have been. Um, what do you what do you what do you think about the Dwight Howard sus- non suspension versus the Zebo suspension of last year? Of course, for those who don't know, Zebo getting suspended last year for Game Seven of a playoff series for a hit on some uh, on uh, Stephen Adams that nobody saw during the regulation of the game and had to be replayed the next day. And then you have Dwight Howard, uh, a blatant uh, hit to the face on Andrew Bogut in Game Four that everybody saw and didn't have to wait to replay uh, to see again, and he does not get suspended. If you're a Grizz fan, you got to be wondering if there's some type of a bias, and why is there a bias that's pro-Dwight Howard is, is boggling. I mean, I think what happened there, I mean, I mean, and even like, I think the same day you had Al Horford getting kicked out of a game, a crucial game against Cleveland uh, for what he did in that game against, uh, what's his face, who's always trying to hurt people. But, Della um, Vadova. Yeah, Della Vadova. Uh, but here's the thing. Jack Randolph, no way he should have been suspended from a game seven. 
which and the same reason that Dwight Howard was not suspended is the reason that Zach Randolph should not have been suspended. Dwight Howard was not suspended because they knew if they suspend Dwight Howard, then Houston has no shot going into uh, Oakland for that game. So they didn't suspend him. But they suspended Zach Randolph for a game seven, the biggest stage of NBA playoff basketball at game seven, and they suspended him. And I, and I think it was, it was very biased. I think it was because of the reputation that Zach Randolph has for being a bogey. I think that played a part in it as well. And obviously the NBA has shown how inconsistent they are, especially to not suspend Dwight Howard and to throw Al Horford out of that game when Al Horford reacted to a guy trying to break his, to try to take his leg out, which I can't really blame him. You know, the NBA has gotten so soft. I mean, come on. None of the, all of these would have been regular fouls in a basketball game back in the 90s. But now they're technical fouls and, 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 and uh, flagrant fouls and flagrant twos. I mean, come on. I mean, the NBA is trying to, I guess, clean everything up. And in the process of cleaning everything up, that's when the hypocrisy comes about with all the... I don't, the think, that, I don't think that's the case out. at all. I think it's... It, it, Marcus, you were touching on the point, which was you're looking at that Game 7, and they want Kevin Durant, uh, his team, to advance in the playoffs. That's what they want. So, yeah. so that's why he was suspended for that series. Dwight Howard... Uh, they want as many. They want more games. They're like, we're gonna have a week with no games. We need to get a little bit more uh, television televised games here, not have a week off. That's what they wanted. It was best for the NBA if they had at least one more game in that series, not have all boring sweeps. Which I mean, people are talking that playoff hockey is more exciting than playoff basketball right now, and and they were getting afraid. So I think you got to factor in what those type of things, what the NBA as a whole wants, and. And apparently what they want as a whole, unfortunately, is not the Grizzlies winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the NBA doesn't want, like, you know, they say they want the smaller market teams to be successful. They do when the smaller market teams have uh, a player like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, or they have a player like LeBron James on them. They don't want the small market team to be successful when they have Zach Randolph, Marcus All, Mike Conley, Tony Allen, guys who are not just household names. So, you know, you know, the NBA is what it is. I mean, they want the matchups that they want. I mean, think about this, though. I mean, the NHL has to be mad this morning because Tampa Bay won game seven last night as opposed to New, as opposed to the New York Rangers. And I'm pretty sure the NHL would have rather had Rangers Blackhawks than Tampa Bay Lightning and possibly Anaheim Ducks for their Stanley Cup final. So, right. you know, you know, you have those things that, you know, happen sometimes in, in this, in this, in sports, they can shift the power to make it go in their favor a little bit, I think they will. I mean, because it's all about making money. It's all about TV and ratings and things like that. And you got to do what, what you got to do to bring you the most money and to get you the, the uh, highest ratings. And so it is unfortunate what happened last year with Zach right now being out of that game. But Memphis was up 3-2 in that series with a chance to close it out at home. Losing that oh, game they six. Yeah, they blew it. I mean, they blew it. They blew it regardless, though. I, right. I think they still yeah, would have lost the seven. They choked the lead away. But maybe, I mean, what the NBA maybe they need to do, and if I had a chance to talk to, to the commission, this is what I would tell them. Like, I, I like, I mean, Dwight Howard's going to end up, because not only did he not get suspended in game four, then he goes to game five and he punches Iguodala in the face. And so now he's going to be suspended for the first game of next season because there are no more games in his playoff uh left. There's no more games for him to play because he's eliminated. I, 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 why not just make it where the suspensions count for the regular season 
um, would that make it where people are more likely to do dirty things like that? If you just say, okay, so Zebo's suspension last year, he did that uh, with, with Steve Adams. They said, all right, you're going to be suspended for the first game of next season. We're not going to we're not going to mess with the playoffs. Let's let's have the best teams win with their full rosters right now, and we will punish you later. Whether it's it's fines slash regular season suspensions when that type of stuff happens, hit them with a big fine, but let them play in the next game in the playoffs. Let the best players be on the floor, right? Yeah, I mean because you have, because you have to look at it like this: playoff basketball, things are going to get a little bit more tense. I mean, CJ, you even know playing in our church league. I mean. Benedict Arnold got teed up all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's because when you're playing basketball competitively, you're going to get emotional, especially if you're being competitive. I mean, you don't want guys out there playing against each other and they're always just friendly. Like, oh, man, that's a hard foul. That's okay that you foul me hard. I'm not going to get upset about it. No, you want guys to get fiery. You want guys to be passionate to, to, to know that you're watching players out there that are dedicated to winning the game, not watching a bunch of friends out there playing a friendly game of basketball. You want them to be competitive. So, especially in the playoffs when you're playing all these games back-to-back-to-back against the same guys, some guys are going to get on your nerves, they're going to annoy you, and you may retaliate. The only one that I saw that seemed to be blatant was Devin Ladova. He's the one who should have got the flagrant foul. He's the one who seems like he's out there trying to hurt people. Everything else, to me, was reactionary. And I don't think you should throw a guy out of a playoff game from being emotional and fighting for a win to get to the finals because that's what you want. You want the guys to fight and play their best to get to the NBA Finals. So, yes, yeah, spin them for the next regular season game. And hit him with a big fine. Hit him with a big fine. Figure out a punishment that, yeah, doesn't, that doesn't impact uh, the history of, of what's going to happen. You know, because uh, yeah. it's going to alter history when you suspend somebody. Like, what could have happened if so-and-so was playing? We already got so many injuries in the NBA right now every year. Like, let's have right. as many of the best basketball players in the world play against the best basketball players in the world in the games that matter. All right, we're going to our next trending topic. Trending topics. The uh, Grizzlies uh, started started their workouts this week. And, Marcus, we don't have much time to talk about this. I'll get into more of it with Kevin Leip in in the next segment. But uh, maybe you can give me a chance. You can explain to me, because this is my question to you. Tell me why I should care who the Grizzlies pick with the 25th pick. Because they're either going to trade it eventually or the players are going to sit on the bench and and not get played. Uh, Dave Yeager continuing the Lionel Hollins tradition of not playing the draft picks. And it's been years. If you look at the Grizzlies roster, they have only three players on the current Grizzlies roster that the team drafted. That's Mike Conley Jr. Yes, they drafted him a top five pick, right? And then you have Jarnell Stokes and Jordan Adams from last year. Neither one of them got to play any significant minutes this year. Tell me why I should care about who they pick at the 25th pick, because that person's not going to play. Um, well, I mean, there's a new philosophy with this team. I mean, you know, under the old ownership, the it was a whole we have to build through the draft, and obviously they, you know, it's tough to build through the draft when you're constantly a playoff team. You kind of can't build through the draft at that point because you're not getting the best players, so you got to kind of build your team through trades and free agency and things like that. So uh, the only reason to care, um, I guess, oh, here's the reason to care. Okay. To find out, to find out what, um, current college basketball player Memphis fans are going to all follow on Twitter in droves. How about that one? Because whoever they draft, 
all of a sudden, he's going to get a ton of followers <laughs> from the city of Memphis. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we get all kind of notifications that blah, 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 just follow this person. So we so need to, we need to, we need to <laughs> find out who has the best Twitter handle. We need to, whoever has the best Twitter handle of the top 30 picks in the draft, we need to, that's who we need to endorse as our draft pick. Yes, you know, as a matter of fact, that's what we should do. We should find out the best Twitter name. You're right. And that's because it is good. that that's pretty much going to be the most relevant part about this player for the city of Memphis. Can he tweet well? Because he ain't going to be playing and he won't probably be on the roster for very long. All right. Uh, we'll talk more about this with Lipe in a minute from the Memphis Fire. We'll go to our last trending topic this week. Trending topics. And that was National Burger Day. National Burger Day was the other day. And Marcus, I joke with you all the time because you're in, the, in the, the morning news business now. Every day is a different food day. Every day. Yeah. Every day yeah. is a different yeah. national food day. Yeah. But it seems like Burger Day is one that people take serious and they try to go get and eat some burgers. Uh, did you do it? Did you have a burger? I did have a burger. As a matter of fact, uh, some of my coworkers went out to the place called Burgers and Blues and got burgers. We went out there last year and got burgers. I did not go with them this year to get the burgers because I had something to do. But I came home and um, I made a burger. And, you know, I love the Hawaiian bread. So I made me a double patty with some bacon. Uh, I think it was like four strips of bacon, two patties, the Hawaiian bread, uh, mozzarella cheese, and a little bit of lettuce, a little bit of lettuce and pickles. So I made my own burger for Burger Day, and I must say that I was very happy with my decision because the burger was fantastic. I, I make a really good burger, man. I just, I just do. All right, well, good, good well, good, because I need, I need some advice. So I went, to, I had a burger. I host trivia on Thursdays at the Green Beetle downtown, and they have, uh-huh. one, they have one of the best burgers in Memphis, you know, listed oh, up yeah. by Thrillist.com. So I had, that was my burger that I had. But also the fine folks at the Green Beetle, I'm approaching like three years that I've been hosting trivia there every Thursday night. I'm, I'm a big star there at the Green Beetle, big time celebrity. And so they've, yeah. asked, they've asked me, they want, they're going to like put a burger out there on the menu, the Cerrito burger. And they asked Bro. me, yes, they asked me what I wanted to put on it. And so I've got a lot of pressure now to try to figure out what to put on the Cerrito burger. I don't know. It, it may be limited time. It depends on how it sells. So I want a burger that's going to be able to, to sell using ingredients that they don't have to like make special purchases for. And, and I, I'm going to have it. Right now they've got our buddy Chris Jarman has a burger there right now. They just started the Chris Jarman burger. But it's so complicated and has like all this stuff that they usually don't make. So it makes it more expensive to make. It makes it more expensive for people to buy. So it probably won't last. No offense to Jarman out there. And so I need when my burger comes out, the Cerrito burger, i got to make sure it's got the right ingredients. And since you're a, claiming to be a pro at making a burger, do you have any suggestions on what the Cerrito burger should have on it? Yes. Cerrito burger have on it. Um... That's your secret ingredient. <laughs> pineapple. Pineapple. So they have they have a burger with pineapple on their menu, and I'm anti pineapple on burgers and pizza. I'm not for that. I don't like it. Like, I, I love pineapple. It's a fruit, but with the, I don't know. But pineapple on pizza is pretty good. But okay, 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 okay. Since you're anti pineapple, I, I don't. Okay. Next okay, suggestion. Have, um, all right. Um, how about this? Uh, beef patty. A little bit of bacon and shredded chicken on top with uh, with nacho cheese as opposed to, you know, yeah, yeah, give it like a little barbecue. <laughs> nacho cheese, barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah, nacho cheese and barbecue sauce. I would, I would do, I think like one with some actual barbecue on it would be cool. But again, I've got to make sure that I do it with ingredients. They don't have barbecue on the menu at the Green Beetle, so they're not going to have, they do have the chicken and their chicken is terrific. The chicken the Green Beetle is awesome. Deli turkey. So deli turkey, so like nah. ham Tur- turkey. I don't know. I don't know. Beef I'm a, patty, beef patty, bacon, shredded chicken on top, with barbecue sauce and nacho cheese. 
That's the Super Bowl uh, I'll consider it. I'm still. I've got. I'm not going to reveal my options that I'm, I'm. I'm debating right now. We might have to do that next week. But I'm. I'm going to continue to to try to come up with the best idea for the burger. Because I usually when I get a burger, I like them very traditional Jimmy Buffett style. You know, I like it with lettuce, tomato, Heinz 57, French fries. You know, that ketchup mayo. Yeah, I, I want to. Usually, as I get a burger, I get a very traditional burger, and the only well, way I well, shake well, it up well, was with cheese. Cerrito burger. Well, they already have a regular burger. So, but I there's some things I could like to do with it. But I'll I'll keep you updated, Marcus. If you come up with a new idea, or if any of our listeners have an idea of what the Cerrito burger should be at the Green Beetle, it's coming soon. You can uh, text six seven one two nine. You can tweet me at Cerrito. That's at Cerrito on Twitter. You can text six seven one two nine your ideas of what would be on your burger if you got to create your own burger at a restaurant. All right, Marcus, I got to let you go. We're past time. Oh, all right, guys, be good. And uh, one more time. Um, a shout out for the late great BB King. All right. Yes, rest in peace, BB. Thank you, Marcus. That's Marcus Hunter. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Marcus underscore underscore Hunter. If you want to get in touch with the show, like I said, you can tweet me at Cerrito. You can text the show 67129 is the text line. If you've never texted Sports 56 before, yeah, text 56 join first to 67129. We'll, we'll take your, your burger ideas. We're also taking, if you got any questions for the guy with behind the Coliseum Pavilion, we're going to talk to him a little bit later on the Coliseum Pavilion. One of the new ideas for the Mid-South Coliseum. We'll be talking to him at 1145. Also, if you want to get in touch with the show, find us on Facebook. Search Cerrito Live. You can find us on Snapchat as well by searching Cerrito Live. And I'm on Instagram at Kevin Cerrito and CJ's at Con Radicalness on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us too at live at gmail.com. So there's oodles of ways to get in touch with us. As always, we're very interactive on each and every. If there's a social media outlet out there, we are probably on it. And you can look for us and connect to the program. When we come back, we'll talk to Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. You'll listen to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 86 and 87.7 FM. Wolo and Peter in the morning. Weekdays from 7 till 10 on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Ow! Welcome back. Thanks for making us a part of your weekend. If you ever miss a portion of the show, you can catch the podcast for free at CerritoLive.com or on iTunes. Search Cerrito Live, and when you're there... Uh, when you subscribe to it on iTunes, you'll get the Playing Hurt podcast, which is a podcast that CJ and Drew host about every week. And that'll, if you subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider, that will download automatically to your device. And you can listen to what CJ and Drew have to talk about. What is happening this week on the Playing Hurt podcast? This week's topic is greatest sports villains. Greatest sports villain. Oh, that's coming soon. That's that's coming soon. Next this time week we have uh, this week currently Grizzlies right now moments. So if you subscribe now, best Grizzlies moments of the year. And you guys talk to our buddy Justin Ford, I believe, right from the USA Today. But next time they'll be talking about sports villains. That'll be uh, interesting uh, on the Playing Hurt podcast. Also check out the I Love Memphis podcast, I host every month with Holly Whitfield. We have just wrapped up our our last podcast. Uh, live from the Tennessee Brewery. So we've been doing two podcasts a month for the past couple of months. You can check that one out, including Adam the Poet is one of our guests on the current one. That's I Love Memphis Podcast.com or search I Love Memphis Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. There's also another podcast out there, the Beyond the Arc podcast you can listen to as well. Our buddy Kevin Leip from the Memphis Flyer hosts that, and he joins us now.
Welcome back to the show, Life. Hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend uh, last weekend. I did. I did. Let's let's go over, let's go over a couple of these Grizzlies topics because there has been some Grizzlies news kind of over over the past few weeks. Earlier in the show, we were debating the Zebo suspension and the Dwight Howard non-suspension. Do you have a stance on that? Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to suspend one person for something, you got to suspend everybody else who does it. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. <laughs> no, no, they need to be a little bit more transparent. They need to, but what do you, I, I was proposing to Marcus in the last segment that they, that maybe it's time for them to make an official tweak to the rule in which players can't get suspended in the playoffs. If that suspensions will roll over, however big they are, whether it means instead of suspending for one playoff game, you suspend for five regular season games and, uh, to roll over the suspensions and maybe increase the fines on it instead of removing players from action. Like last, it's very disappointing when you look back to, to last season's playoffs and you, you're taking out one of the best players on a team for a game seven for something like that. Um, that maybe they need to tweak that rule and make it regular, se- regular season penalties and fines. Well, the problem is if you do that, guys are just going to start punching people because they know they're not going to get suspended for it. But they will get suspended for the next season, and it can be massive fines or massive suspensions for the next season, but you just don't impact the games that actually matter. I think it could still... I mean, the punishment is the harshest punishment of getting suspended, but if they're not going to start suspending everybody, then then, then that would kind of... I don't know. It just seems unfair. Yeah. You know, I think it's... Yeah, it's frustrating to see Zach Randolph get suspended for what he did, and, and, you know, he... You had to replay that. that suspension. Yeah, he, well, he earned that suspension, right? I mean, true. Whether okay. he whether he actually punched Stephen Adams or just threw an elbow at his head, like that was stupid. Shouldn't have done that. But to see Dwight Howard just like clearly elbow Andrew Bogut in the face, and not which which was even more blatant than what Zach Randolph did, and right. then not get suspended for it. I mean, he's suspended for it now, but not during the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's just that's that's a really big um, failure to be fair. I think by the league, and I think that um, you know it's not anything uh, it's not anything unfamiliar to people who watch the NBA. They're they're very uneven with this kind of stuff all the time, uh, and always have been. But um, yeah, that's that's a case where it really put the Grizzlies. And, and if Dwight Howard wasn't suspended for that game five, Zach Randolph should definitely not have been suspended for game seven. I yeah I I agree and it's Memphis fans Memphis fans of of basketball always feel like uh, Memphis is getting picked on whether it's from the NC two A or now the NBA it's like it's like come on guys it's, if you, it's fine to punish people for breaking rules but you got to punish you got to punish everybody uh, when they break the rule the other Grizzlies uh, topic uh, Bena Udre is having ankle surgery he was hurt that bad apparently so yeah I mean uh, you know you could tell after he after he missed that. Uh, I think it was the Portland series where he hurt that ankle. Um, but you could tell after he after he hurt it that it was that it was limiting him. I think the team was not very forthcoming about how hurt he was, uh, and, and rightfully so. Um, but you could tell that it was bothering him more than just I rolled my ankle. Um, you could tell that it was that it was a bigger deal than that, and it was going to need some serious sort of treatment. I didn't think I don't think anybody thought it, it needed surgery. Uh, I don't think the Grizzlies thought that either, but um, yeah. So he is—he's not playing in Eurobasket this summer. He is—he's out. He's had surgery on his ankle. So now, when we look back at the playoffs, do we need to start saying it was the year that Conley was hurt? It was—it was the year that Tony was hurt, and the year that Ben that Beno was hurt. Right? All three of them are hurt. Yeah, all three of them were hurt, and Jeff Green was Jeff Green had back spasms too. I mean, you know, there were—it was more than just Conley hurt for sure. And uh, 
the last topic with the Grizz, we're talking with Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. The Grizzlies uh, announced their workouts. I believe they've started some of them at FedEx Forum. They got the 25th pick in this year's draft, which is uh, uh, now less than a month away. Uh, tell me. I need this. I need somebody to tell me. Maybe if you can't convince me, somebody during hang up and listen can later. But why should I care who the Grizzlies draft with the 25th pick? They have three current draft picks on their team right now. Uh, one being Mike Conley. Two being two that did not play any significant minutes last year. Usually the Grizzlies, when they draft in the 20s, they draft somebody they trade or they don't play and then they trade. Uh, tell me why does it, does it, does it matter? The 25th pick is not going to play next year. Uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, with Dave Yeager as the coach, no rookie's ever going to play. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think it matters. Um, I think, uh, I think the, the new kind of regime running the Grizzlies uh, has, has said anyway that they're, they need to develop players. And, uh, you know, I think you have John Hollinger in your front office specifically because of his draft projection. Um, yeah. He, if you look at, at the Hollinger draft ratings and then you look at how the Grizzlies have drafted in the past, Five to eight years or whatever, he he's done better than the previous Grizzlies <laughs> at picking at picking who's the better player. So you know, I think I think having him around, um, you hope that they're able to bring in some talent. Obviously, Jordan Adams and and Jarnell Stokes were the picks last year, and neither one of them played much this year. But uh, you know, Adams showed some some sign in the limited minutes that he did get, and you hope that he's going to be able to contribute this year. Uh, they need him to contribute this year. Um, yeah, I think it matters. I think they, um, I think they need all the good players they can get. Uh, if they can draft, you know, some kind of a shooting guard who can shoot, come off the bench, um, you know, I think you're looking at Jordan Adams to maybe be your starting two guard in two or three years. Uh, and you want, you're going to need somebody behind him, uh, maybe a three and D kind of guy. I think, you know, I think it matters. I think anytime that the Grizzlies have a chance to, uh, get a good player on a rookie deal, that's, um, that's what you want. I, I mean, sure, I guess so. And it's somebody that, that, hey, even if they do end up trading this 25th pick, not playing him and trading him, which seems to be a dr- Grizzlies tradition right now, uh, they'll, maybe they'll get some asset back in return that will help the team. So you got to hopefully pick somebody good at 25, whether you're going to use them or use them for a trade. Down yeah, we don't need any more like Josh Selby's and Tony Rhodes. And, and, and then you have, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at Jordan Adams, I mean, is he going to play next year? Is, I mean, we can talk all summer about whether or not Jordan Adams is going to play or Jarnell Stokes. And, but I mean, the more I think about it, and, and people want to be like the Spurs, right? And I, I believe the Grizz, like the Grizzlies, uh, with Mike Conley and Gasol going forward, you can build this foundation of these two guys. Uh, you know, if you're able to re-sign Mark Gasol, that you have these two guys and you keep changing out the pieces around them. And for years to come, the Grizzlies can be a competitive playoff team. But it's going to take the coach, and the Grizzlies have not had that coach to be able to work in these young guys because they, because just um, Jarnell Stokes and, and Jordan Adams could be even better contributors to this team next year than they're going to be if they would have just played some more. Like, yeah, and you saw that in the playoffs. You know, you needed when Tony Allen is hurt going into the playoffs, you needed you needed somebody off the bench to do more than Vince Carter and Jeff Green were giving you. And I thought Vince played a pretty good playoffs, but but you know, offensively, that just this there. You needed somebody to come in who could hit a shot or get to the line or something. And Jordan Adams, you know, he played two, about 250 minutes during the season, but in those minutes, he, he got to the line all right. He had a pretty good steal rate. Um, you know, if you'd played him a thousand minutes during the season instead of 250, your record, your regular season record is probably not going to be any different, and he's a little more ready to go in the playoffs. I mean, I think it's just really short-sighted and really stupid. Um, to just say, well, he's a rookie. I'm not going to play him. I think that was that was 
probably my biggest frustration with Jaeger all season long was just, you know, you got to play these guys so they learn how to play. We saw it with Kalaitis last year. He was yeah. terrible until he started getting regular minutes. You just, you have to, to become an NBA player, you have to play NBA minutes. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why coaches have it seems simple. It that. seems simple, and Popovich has figured out uh, a way to, to implement all of these new guys who come to the Spurs into their system and and everything. So, I mean, Pop, it, it just the more you look at it, Greg Popovich is one of the best coaches, of, uh, the maybe the best coach of all time of what he's been able to do uh, in San Antonio because it is tough, and most coaches are scared to do that. And Pop not scared and does it and is usually successful um, at the come the end of the year. Your play, your other players are, are well rested, and your your new players uh, know how to play in the NBA. I mean, it just makes sense to do that throughout the year. So maybe maybe Yeager will 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 learn, and we'll definitely keep the heat on on Saturday. So at least uh, for that. So last question, I'm going to ask you this every week until he resigns or goes somewhere else. What is currently your percentage chance that Mark Gasol chain, uh, will be back with the Memphis Grizzlies? We're going to keep a percentage update every week until percentage update. Yeah, what is um, the current percentage? I've said back. this privately to to a lot of people, so this is going to be my first public announcement of my percentage. All right, uh, I think it's sixty uh, percent chance. Sixty percent chance. There's a forecast. The Mark Gasol forecast, which we will give you. Every week until he signs on the dotted line with some team, we've got sixty percent chance, according to Kevin Life from the Memphis Fire. What? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more likely that he comes back than he signs somewhere else. Uh, especially the Spurs situation. I think uh, Buddy Matt heard like I had a great piece on I think Grizzly Bear Blues earlier this week talking about um, kind of the Spurs cap situation, and they they would have to lose a lot to be able to give. Marcus Hall a max contract, so you know. But you know, I so I think he's I think he's coming back, but I don't feel very confident about that uh, about that prediction. Sixty percent, I think, is fair at this point because we we really are so far out. I mean, you can't give a seven day forecast right now, and your for I mean, right. we're we're too far out that they don't do thirty day forecasts. And for a reason. So as we get closer, maybe that number will change. We'll 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 look at it every week and see how confident, more confident we get, or less confident we get until we get to to July. Um, he did a media availability uh, in Spain earlier this week, I think on Wednesday, and he said some stuff about you know Memphis is a great city. I can't imagine playing anywhere else. And at the same time, he said you know the Spurs are a model franchise, and I've always looked up to Tim Duncan. You know he's he's been very honest about the whole thing. Um, you know, granted, he's talking to a Spanish media who right. really doesn't understand free agency because they're they're used to like soccer transfers, right? You you sell your players to other clubs, <laughs> not they don't get to pick where they go. So you know, obviously, talking to that media, you're going to talk about it a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, I I, I think um, I I, re- I just really don't have a feel for what he's going to do. But I think monetarily, it makes more sense for him to come back. All right. Well, Leip, we appreciate it. If y'all want to hear more from Kevin Leip, subscribe to the Beyond the Arc podcast and read his stuff at Beyond the Arc blog on MemphisFlyer.com. Follow him on Twitter at FlyerGrizzblog with one Z. Thanks, Leip. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week. All right. It's Kevin Leip with the Memphis Flyer. When we come back, we're going to shift gears, talk a little bit about the Mid-South Coliseum because there's this new, very fascinating idea out there. I've got the pamphlet in front of me, the Coliseum Pavilion, turning the Mid-South Coliseum into a pavilion. Very fascinating new idea that was revealed last week at the Roundhouse Revival. We'll talk to the founder of that when we come back. You're listening to Serena Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. 
From Penny and the Tigers to the grit and grind of the Grizzlies. For over 20 years, we have been and continue to be real sports talk for Memphis. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back. As you travel around uh, the Bluff City this weekend, you need a ride. Take Uber. Download the Uber app, and you can get a free $20 ride on Uber by using my promo code UberCerrito. That's U-B-E-R-C-E-R-R-I-T-O. Type in UberCerrito in the promo code section on the Uber app, and you can get a free $20 off your first ride on Uber. Uber is faster, cheaper, and more reliable than a taxi. It's new. It is legal in Memphis now. Uh, take Uber as you go around and get $20 off your first ride when you use promo code Uber Cerrito. Uh, so last week we were at the Roundhouse Revival. We were selling our shirts because we think uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame would be a terrific idea in repurposing the Mid-South Coliseum. And as that conversation continues, there was a brand new idea that was revealed last week, last Saturday. People, for the first time, got to hear about the Coliseum Pavilion. And the man behind that concept, Perry Farrell, joins me now in studio. What's up, Farrell? Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here, and I'm glad to be here to promote this idea, something to save the Coliseum. That's what it's all about. All right, Perry Farrell, he's with the Coliseum Pavilion. If you want to know what we're talking about and uh, follow along at home, go to uh, facebook.com slash Coliseum Pavilion. And you guys have very impressive images up right now of your idea. But for those listening and who can't pull up the Facebook page at this moment, tell people what what the idea is to repurpose the Mid-South Coliseum as the Coliseum Pavilion. The idea came about two years ago. There's so much discussion about tearing it down. Why you tear down such an iconic structure in this city? There's so many people have memories. There's two generations of people have zero memories. They've never been inside of this building. We grew up there. We have. I'm one want to preserve it, not to tear it down. Well, how do you go about doing that? What can you do? First, the question come up to ADA. You fill the floor up level scallop the walls out between the uprights, have a open-air pavilion. It's covered. We leave the roof on. You provide a green space on the outside for trees, park settings. Then you have a wonderful park-like pavilion for any kind of activity you want, arts and crafts fair, car shows, graduations. It just gives a whole new concept to the um, idea of saving the Coliseum, and it does what we all want to do is not tear it down. So it makes you're turning the Coliseum into a massive pavilion that you would see. If you go to a park, there's a pavilion. So it's it's mostly outdoor, but it's covered, right? Yes, sir. Yes. And how, so how did you come up with this idea? I don't know. I'm, um, I was off my medication. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me one day. Oh, and, really? uh, what, however I got the idea, it's just an uh, idea that came through my head. Is this something that has has worked in other cities? I mean, are there examples of these not, not massive a, scale pavilions? N- not much of retroing. There are new facilities in Washington that are purpose built. This is taking something that we wanted to save and re re. Uh, but you're saying relabeling. In, but in like in Washington and places, there are pavilions of this size that for, of, used of large for, magnitude we used for the similar ideas that you guys have for mm-hmm. it and. So how much are you guys estimating that this would cost to 
to go into the Coliseum and, and tweak it because it it does involve gutting out most of the building. That's true. It's the cheapest idea on the table yet. Tearing it down, you have, you're going to have a massive hole you got to fill up. we got to do that anyway, making a provision. We're going to take out the lobbies, open up between the uh, pillars, and give a, a flow-through setting. The other way... You're going to tear down the whole thing. You fill up the hole anyway. Then they're going to, the city has some kind of plan for $200 million structure or whatever to go on top of it. That's got to be the most expensive idea. To me, this is the cheapest idea and the only one on the table at the time. Right. Okay. Perry Farrell is joining us in studio. He's the guy behind the Coliseum Pavilion. You can find – I recommend going to Facebook and looking up – all, all of their images. It is. It looks really cool uh, of, a, of a new idea, and we're thrilled. We're seriously thrilled last week because we're there with our table set up at the Roundhouse Revival selling our Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame t-shirts because we uh, firmly believe that, that the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame should be in Memphis, and we think the Coliseum is a, is a, is a terrific place to put it, and just thrilled because we had been the lone idea out there that is a unique new idea for the Coliseum. The other idea that floats around is that it should be an arena, which it was before, and then that gets into complicated issues with the uh, no-compete with the Grizzlies well, you, you and things like that. You brought up the museum. Yeah. Upper level in a mezzanine, create a mezzanine area 20 feet above the floor and have a 900-foot approximately walk-around Museum, open air overlooking into the uh, display area, the floor space, the two acres of shaded area. So that could be the Pro Wrestling Hall of that, Fame up there? Well, why, why don't we stop at that? You know, I, a friend of mine told me the idea about the Wrestling Hall of Fame. And Who told I, you about that? Uh, Dave Brown. Yeah, you told me that off yeah. air. I just thought that was funny. Right. Lord bless him. <laughs> you know, but no. Uh, Dave Brown, the weather clown. All right. Well, he was MC at my wedding. Was he really? Yes, he introduced me. That's right, and my bride. But nevertheless, uh, <laughs> uh, so That's awesome. here we incorporate the idea of museum. Works wonderful. At the Roundhouse, here comes people with all kinds of museum ideas, pop, uh, music, blues, whatever um, ideas are. Why have one museum? Why not have three floors of museum space overlooking the um So you're definitely open to tweaks to the idea and, and things of that nature? You know... Don't exclude any idea, even mm-hmm. if it's a moronic one, because there's probably some merit in it whatsoever. So the whole idea is making it as useful to everyone as possible. I, 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 your designs, again, I, I can't stress enough that people need to look at them, are, are really cool and really exciting uh, new vision for, for the Mid-South Coliseum. And, and if it you know ends up that this is what they turn it into, we would uh, you know be happy to to work with you, get the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame as one of your many museums or or whatnot that would go it inside the Coliseum Pavilion. Well, there are many traveling museums that have no place to go, right? And so this is a great covered area that they can uh, set up for a few days, whatever for film stage. There's, it's unlimited what you can do with two acres of shade in Memphis. And uh, so we're, we're talking with Perry Farrell, the guy behind the Coliseum Pavilion idea, the, the latest uh, idea of how to repurpose the Mid-South Coliseum. Now, there's people who are going to have criticisms of this idea. And so I'll just go through a couple of these real quick. Um, the purists say it changes the building too much. Some people who want to save the Mid-South Coliseum are like, hey, you're not really saving it. It's like the Chick-fil-A on Union that tore down uh, that the uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church and just left a wall up. You're not really saving it. You're just kind of hanging on to a little bit of the... 
We we are saving it. We are preserving the the ninety percent of the structure. We're losing the lobby, the exterior lobby, the wall that hides it. You can't. We can't go back. We're never going to have a, uh, a heavy metal concert there right. again. Mm-hmm. Uh, FedEx Forum takes precedence on all that. We we have to de- redefine it and redevelop it into something that's usable. It's 365 days a year and nights. Having a six weeks of ice skating there, which we would be a great asset to Memphis. Having access for Liberty Bowl functions there. Um, right, I, I, wrestling, everything you can do if you got shade. I, I like your idea that it's not, it's not hanging on to nostalgia. It's just saying we saved the building in part for that, but we can repurpose it. The preservationists win, and the people want economic feasibility. Because you've got to have something, well. something that works. It has to go there. That's right. That's or right. It's, it's just tear it down if you can't find something that, that's going to. That's, that's what the strong emphasis is now, tear it down. I don't want to see it tore down it, without some kind of uh, – Alternatives looked into. All right, we're talking with with Perry Farrell of Coliseum Pavilion. Search that on Facebook and take a look at at the picture. So, there. What about the people who say, "Okay, this is not going to work"? Because there's no your idea has no air conditioning, no heat, so people are going to be cold in the winter. And you know how hot it gets in, in Memphis in the summer. In the, in the winter time, you can have a tent company installed, drop curtains around the edge. There's a lot of um, discussion about geothermal heat, heating and cooling the floor space. For the ice hockey as well as heating during the winter, very economical, portable heaters. We go to the Shell, to Mud Island, right. to Snowden Grove. Nobody is sitting there with protest signs saying, we want shade. <laughs> this gives you a concert. This gives you a boxing match with shade. It, it, uh, we're going to try to install some large ceiling fans that swap the air every six minutes like the agri center and there's plenty of memphis events that happen outdoors throughout the entire right. year and some we of the most popular outdoors events. yeah embrace it and uh one one other uh small thing and it's it you've only been around for a week and so some of these are the these are the ideas that are popping up that people are like well what about this or what about that what about preventing vandals or or the homeless from from coming and just i've been by there up. so many times in my life I've ne- yet to see one bit of graffiti on the building, homeless mm-hmm. people hanging around. You go by there, it's it's more like um, it's just yeah. immune to it. Yes, there are we there was always be a security issue, but those are addressed like any other major venue. All right. Uh, well, Perry, we appreciate you coming in. And how Thank can people, you. if they want to, to uh, connect with you guys, Facebook's the best way. Facebook, Coliseum Pavilion. Like, unlike, hate mail. We all like it. Uh, comment, please. And we yeah, just get, get in the conversation. The yeah, get, get the conversation going. going. And memphisfairgrounds.org right now, you can go onto that website. The city is taking ideas. So you can go to the memphisfairgrounds.org, go to the participation side, type in uh, your comment. In 200 characters or less, you have to give your idea. And also, there's going to be public meetings held Monday night and Tuesday night uh, for the Coliseum. Uh, city officials get information on Coliseum 
future. And that's posted also at memphisfairgrounds.org. But we encourage you to go to the participation section, and the, there's also a form you can fill out. Tell them what you want there. If you want the Coliseum Pavilion, put it in there. If you want the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, put it on there. Let, Come up with let the idea. city know that you want something. Or if you have your own idea, I think we want to hear that conversation. I'm excited to be sitting next to somebody else who has an idea for the Mid-South Coliseum. And as it says on your, on your pamphlet that you've handed me, the sky is the limit on events and activities that could take place at the new Coliseum Pavilion. The new stage of entertainment. I wish I would have thought that one up. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much. Coliseum Pavilion. When we come back, we're going to play Hang Up and Listen. The phone number is 360-8255. That's 360-8255. First caller gets $10 to Ease and $5 to TCBY. The best caller is going to get a pair of tickets to Brewville at Denouville. You're listening to Sarita Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM.